This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Travel for our sponsor, Travel World on King. This is Deb Austin, and as always, we welcome to the program Sally Lucas. Hello, Deb. And I hope your week has been good. We've certainly been having some lovely sunshine. Oh, that's been nice for a change, hasn't it? It's been absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> nice and the and sunsets. Chilly. Have you seen some of the sunsets? Oh, and the rises. Beautiful. Oh, I miss those. <laughs> <laughs> but I do see the sunsets. I've been going photography mad lately. I took a lot last week, too, whenever we had a nice bit of cloud with that colour. Those winter sunsets are quite beautiful. Oh, stunning. Beautiful orange. They, something about the shepherd's delight, isn't it? Oh, yes. Anyway. I never remember how that goes. But yes, exactly. <laughs> Now, Sally, we're off to the land of the long white cloud. We are, across the ditch, as they say. (laughs) But, I mean, when you think about New Zealand and you think about us, you look at the size of our continent and the diversity we have, but it's we're all desert. We have this tiny little coastal fringe that wraps Mm. around our coastline. You look at New Zealand, it's only a bit over two hours away. I know, it is only And you look at the two islands and how diverse are they? Mm. So, no deserts in New Zealand... And also no, no snakes, as my husband loves. He always says he's going to retire to New Zealand because he's got a fear of snakes, and I forget what that word is. But, um, yes, you've got the North Island with the, with its famous mud pools and geysers, etc. But it's also, you know, wonderfully um, fixed with bays, little lovely bays mm. everywhere. The, the Bay of Plenty, you know, up around the Bay of Islands and all these little bays around there. It is magical. Oh, 90 Mile Beach, Rayinga, um Russell, which was the original capital, to be the original capital of New Zealand, which didn't happen, uh, as a a matter of fact, but the first bishop was placed at Russell. And it's quite an interesting history when you go up onto the Bay of Islands and up into that Northland area and to where the treaty was signed eventually between the white people and the Maori people at at Waitangi and Whangarei. It's really quite an interesting and lovely part of New Zealand. And then you go down the South Island. I mean, how spectacular is that? The mountain ranges, the fjords, the glaciers... Mm. You know, the, the raging rivers. The um, skiing. The skiing. Um, <laughs> all the wild things they do down there, as we all know. With well, they are, aren't they? They're into these uh, um, uh, wild sports, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was all originated there, the bungee jumping and all mm. this sort of thing, all these really extreme sports. Extreme sports, that's right. And, I mean, even the jet boat riding, I mean, that uh. started in New Zealand donkeys years ago, mm. I can remember. You know, it was a long time ago, I think, back in the, gosh, I could be wrong, but at least early, I'd say, 70s. <laughs> Yes, well, uh, they are quite. Uh, fan- it's fantastic to see they they turn those boats on on like a penny, you know, oh, I know. <laughs> or, or twenty cent piece. <laughs> Can be a bit scary at times, but, but if you way. are into extreme sports, yes. it's definitely to go. But it, it it has it offers us so much, doesn't it? And we're so close. We're so close, and the, the thing is, it's still wonderful for us because we get a good exchange rate, so we mm. still win on the dollar. I think it's a dollar twenty four at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty good, mm. and you no jet lag. Mm. You know, and even if you want to self-drive, the rules of the road are the same. Yes, that's handy. But you've got to remember with New Zealand is it's not all freeway. So even though it looks small and you look at distance, don't try and, you know, underestimate how long it might take you to get from A to B because you've got a lot of narrow winding roads because Mm. of the mountains in the South Island particularly. Mm. Quite circuitous and precipitous drops, you know, so there's careful driving to be done. Particularly in winter, you want to be particularly careful and make sure you get your chains and all that sort of Mm. thing as well. But, of course, it's getting so renowned now for its food and wine as well. You know, beautiful produce, wonderful produce, wonderful Mm. wines. I mean, once upon a time, the wines were only in the North Island, but then you come down to the Marlborough region. But now even down... 
down off Wanaka, way down south. They're producing some wonderful cold climate wines. You know, so it, it is very diverse. It's not all just sheep as we used to think it was and geezers and mud pools and all of that. New Zealand has a lot to offer and there's wonderful touring options available out there at the moment. Um, you know, just check with your travel agent because there's lots of good deals to New Zealand in both touring, ski packages, fly drive packages, whatever you want to do. Another nice way of doing it is a combination with rail. They've got some beautiful scenic rail journeys you can do, mm. particularly one that goes across from Christchurch, across Hanma Pass, across to the other side, to the west coast. But lots of lovely scenic rail journeys you can combine. There's a coach rail combined where you can hire a car, then drop your car at Christchurch and do a rail journey and pick the car up again. Mm. Um, if you are doing the both islands by car, leave your car at either Wellington or Picton and get the ferry across. That's one of the most beautiful ferry crossings in the world. Mm. And it's not expensive. It's just a, a ferry crossing. It's not a cruise, but you're going through spectacular sounds, especially when you're coming into Queen Charlotte Sound around Picton. So, you know, New Zealand is a place to be enjoyed and explored and at all seasons, really. I mean, you go spring and you go south and you see all the wild lupins. And mm. then you go autumn and you've got all the beautiful autumn colours. And then, of course, they've got skiing in winter. And they don't have extreme of heat in summer, you know. So you can really go out to New Zealand at any time of the year, depending on the seasons you prefer. So... Yeah, a fabulous place to visit. And as I said, there's lots of good deals out there at the moment. Just check with your travel agent, as I said, because mm. there's some wonderful touring options, fly drive options. And of course, with this, we're in the middle of the ski season, but some really good ski packages as well. It is a beautiful place to go. And there are just so many. And like I said, and like what you've said, just across the way. Just, just across the ditch, as they say. <laughs> and I mean, as I said, and it, they do sort of speak the same language, don't they? Oh, Even though you've got to say fish and chips. But, you know. <laughs> but yeah, but it's a lovely place to visit and so close to home and so easy to get to. I know I say it every week, Sally, but where do I sign? When can we go? I know. To NURFM 103.7, welcome back. And now we're actually going to be talking shopping in Malaysia. Exactly, and people mightn't realise this, but Malaysia over the last, say, oh, decade or even less has really come of age, whereas before we all thought, you know, Singapore, Hong Kong, I guess, stood out more as the main Asian destinations where you might go to and shop. But Malaysia has changed dramatically, and, of course, it's got wonderful, you know, skyscrapers and all that sort of thing now, as well as still retaining some of the old. But it's actually very good for shopping. And what they have there, they're, they're actually celebrating 50 years of nationhood at the moment as well. But this is their 10th year of having their mega sales carnival, mm -hmm. which they have. And it runs eight for eight weeks from the 4th of July through to the 31st of August. So all the major shopping precincts around the country, including obviously Kuala Lumpur, Penang, um, Malacca, um, Johor in East Malaysia, etc. And they're all in the middle now getting ready for this final massive sale they have. And what they do, it's, they say shopping is to Malaysians. This is what the Director of Tourism Malaysia has said. Shopping is to Malaysians what bushwalking is to Australians. Okay. <laughs> it's one of the nation's favourite pastimes. And anyhow, they, they have an incredible range though of goods and also local and international branded goods and services. So if you think you're going somewhere warm for winter and you want to throw in a bit of shopping, a bit of early Christmas shopping or whatever. Mm, let's get the credit card. Yeah, give it a zap. I mean, you know, but they, they're having discounts of up to 80% on certain goods. Are we talking about um, popular brands, i.e.? Yeah, even luxury labels such as Gucci, Armani, DKNY, Jimmy Choo. 
the ah. free shoes, etc. Mm. Um, and also, like, you could buy, for example, um, a lovely pair of leather sandals for about Aussie $10. Oh, my goodness, that's fantastic. And the shops are open from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So oh. you've got 12 hours every day to shop. So you can literally shop till you drop. Great ideas for girls, for girlfriends. Oh, look, get a few girls together and yes. go away on a shopping holiday. And include Penang, like have your shopping in KL or whatever, but try and get across to either Penang or Langkawi where you can enjoy all the lovely stalls and mm. the food and the Malaysian food. and oh, you know. So, yeah, I just thought, throw that in there. Fabulous time of the year to go. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Here we go again. <laughs> Listen, just digressing though, have you been watching MasterChef? Oh, of course, I wouldn't miss an episode. <laughs> Is anyone not watching MasterChef? Like the Hong Kong. Oh, but aren't you enjoying it? I was there mm. in April. It's mm. just brought it back to me and Scott yeah. and I were just saying last night, we've got to go back. Fascinating. We missed so much. Like we were there for six days. And, and we kept saying, we, oh, we've, we haven't done this yet and we haven't done that. You know, so we still didn't get out to the outlying islands like Lama or Chung Chow. And we didn't do all the markets. And But mm. I'm just loving the vibrance of it. And they've got so many Michelin-starred restaurants in Hong Kong. Oh, more than 12, most other cities in the world, well, I think. What do they say? 12,000 restaurants just in Hong well, Kong. 12,000, but lots with Michelin ratings. And we ate mm. at two Michelin-rated restaurants. And I mean, absolutely fabulous. I know I'm digressing from Malaysia, yeah. but we're still talking Asia. And yes. I'm just thinking... Another fabulous place to go. Interesting, bustling, exciting. So, yeah, mm. there's good deals happening to all these areas at the moment, as mm. we've said before. It's so, just so nice time to go. Off you go. And just to let people know, this is just a little um, plug for Cunard's new vessel, the Queen Elizabeth. She is going to be launched in December 2010, and we're lucky enough that she's going to make maiden visits to three Australian cities as part of her inaugural world voyage in 2011. So she's going to depart Southampton rather on a 103-day odyssey oh round goodness. world on January the 5th, 2011. So she's doing 35 maiden calls during this inaugural world voyage, but it will include visits to Sydney on February the 22nd, Melbourne February 25, and Fremantle March. One, And also the other flagship, Queen Mary 2, is going to be visiting Australia for the fourth time in 2011 and it's going to call in um, to be there at the same time as her new sister vessel. Huge. So you're going to have these two massive vessels. Can you imagine mm. that? Sydney will come to a standstill. Mm-hmm. But you, uh, I think bookings open in July sometime. Check with your travel agent if you want to. You don't have to do the whole round world voyage, of course, but if you wanted to do one of the, the sectors. Legs, yeah. yeah, one of the legs. It might be an incredible opportunity. I'm sure there'll be lots happening on board being oh. an inaugural voyage. So just keep that in mind as well. So much to do. Singles, you were asking me about that last week. Yes, that is interesting. Uh, Let's talk about that. It's a grey area because mm. there's no hard and fast rule with singles. Now, some people wish to be on their own. Mm. They don't like to share. They might get a snorer or someone who walks in their sleep or who, whatever. Mm. And they're, they're, they're just, maybe they're a bit shy. They just don't like sharing with a stranger, okay? Mm. And they're happy to pay that single supplement. There are other people, though, from a cost point of view, would prefer to share to save themselves some money. Now, a lot of companies will do this for you. If They will, they will try and marry you up with a like-sex partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they can't, then they won't charge you the additional cost for single supplement because you have agreed you would prefer to share in a twin. I think Insight does this. Um, APT with some of their river cruising programs is doing it. Or alternatively, um, on certain departures, I know another company called Headwater who do cycling and all sorts of unusual touring. You've got to check again with them. They'll have limited departures where they're not charging a single supplement. The Hurtigruten that does the wonderful Norwegian coastal voyages having um, uh, certain 
voyages this year where they're offering too that singles don't pay the supplement. So it's a matter of really getting out there and checking. And some mm-hmm. of the New Zealand operators will maybe offer you a discount on the actual tour. You'll still pay the single supplement, but they'll discount the actual tour and the meals. So it's really you've got to check. It's not a hard and fast rule. And no. It, it, I suppose because um, everything is always focused to the twin chair and couples or, you know, for you know quad but if you are a single person and there are a lot of people out there who Mm. just want to go but then get hammered with that extra cost so it's it really does need you really need to do a bit of research because there are deals out there you do have to do research Mm. you can google it and you'll find companies on there if you google singles travelers or something like that and they'll lead you you know to companies that are supporting single travelers Mm. hotels are built though as we all know if you've ever stayed in one to fit two people so if they've only got one person in it that hotel is losing money of course so that's of course, the way it basically runs, and I suppose, you know, same with ships, you know, but ships you can agree to share in a four-birth or a three-birth, if you wish, with same-sex people, you know, you can do that. But that, again, will vary. Like some of the luxury companies don't have threes and fours. They've only got twin cabins. So just check. You've always got to check, as we all say, and make sure, because these rules do change, and they do change from year to year, depending on the market and what's happening. Thanks again, Sally, for a wonderful, wonderful heads up on what's happening in travel this week. And that's Talking Travel This Week for our sponsor, Travel World on King. See you next week, and for more great travel ideas on 2NURFM 103.7.